welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines. The Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Once again, I am Sergeant First Class Adam Ross, hosting the 19th ESC podcast. And with me here today is Master Sergeant Harry B. Willis III. Uh, thank you for joining us today, Sergeant Willis. Hey, thank you for having me. So today we're going to talk about a few things that we're going to talk about. The Sergeant Audie Murphy Club, that uh, if, you, if you work at 19th and you've walked by the Sergeant Audie Murphy Club board, you may have seen uh, Sergeant Willis's portrait up there along with a few others. Uh, first, though, we're going to talk about uh, kind of your your military background. We usually get just get to know all of our guests. So, um, you told me earlier you came from the old guard before coming to Korea. What what was that like? So it's a very humbling experience. It's a ceremonial unit, and everything in DC uh, within the Eastern um, Seaboard uh, they handle it. Um, any ceremony, uh, inaugural balls, anything at the Capitol, Pentagon, uh, we did it. Um, you learn how to make your own ribbons. Um, when you're in process, you get an ERB, they match your ERB, and they pull the ribbon and they cut it, and you actually learn how to actually do your own ribbons. Uh, I even still have a micrometer that I walk around with. So you, you don't go to the clothing sale and buy your ribbon off the rack. You actually make You actually make, make your ribbons. Wow. Yes, yes, you do. And what, what what is the purpose of that? Does that just kind of... Discipline. Dis, yeah. Discipline, absolutely. Um, you go through a series of tests. I had to go through what they call sword and saber, um, and it can last anywhere from two... Uh, six months to uh, two years and you have eight tasks and you have to learn their way of doing it. So uh, marching's different. Um, commands are different. And uh, it's, I actually prefer the army to switch to that method. Oh really? Absolutely. And so what was your duty position? So I ended up having three different duty positions. I was the uh, regiment transportation platoon sergeant. So um, if you remember uh, John McCain's uh, funeral, George senior's funeral, those charter buses, um, I was in charge of those charter buses. Oh really? Roger. Um, then I uh, went up to staff. I did my time as a platoon sergeant, went up to staff, worked the S-4. Then I interviewed to be a first sergeant for the regiment support company, and then I took over company. You were a first sergeant at the Old Guard? Yes, I was. Okay. That's outstanding. So uh, those of us who are familiar with driving around Washington, D.C., um, know that that's no easy task with those buses, like in, in D.C. traffic around Arlington. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the, as a platoon sergeant, the, the biggest challenge at the time was trying to get those soldiers to understand where they're at, why they're there, and these buses are not cheap. So um, driver's training was in D.C., so that was, a, that was a hurdle that it took a while to tackle. And, of course, the Old Guard's also known for having the, the Tomb Guards yes. there. So um, did you get to interact with the, the those soldiers much? Um, absolutely. Um, as being the first owner of the regiment support company, we actually were allotted or allowed um, times where they sent out interviews or um, times where they would let you to go and rehearse or perform uh, tryout, excuse me, tryout, if you will, to uh, join it. Yeah, it's it's a if you haven't been to uh, to Arlington National Cemetery and witnessed the the changing of the guard, I was lucky to be able to see it a couple times. It's really just a 
Um, you, you see every all the preparation they put into it because it's just so exact every single movement. Absolutely. Know, yeah, it's, it's really quite a thing to see. So, um, you you went to the old guard. So, uh, tell me what what influenced your decision to en enlist initially. So initially, uh, long story short, I'm the only enlisted person in my family. Um, grandfather's lieutenant colonel, they all all officers, and um, I initially was not supposed to join the army. I had a full ride scholarship to wrestle for Washington State, or excuse me, Washington University in St. Louis, and the recruiter said, "You know what? You can wrestle for the army." And I was like, you mean the United States Army? And I was, I was psyched. And I was like, oh, let's do this. Uh, he said, first, I need you to sign this contract. And this, um, just in case you get injured or hurt or something like that, you sign this and you go to basic training. Then we had to give you a trade school. So uh, AIT. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And he gave me a laundry list of stuff. And I picked motor transport operator. <laughs> so dad owned his own truck company. Um, uncle owned his own truck company. So I was like, well, I know trucks like the back of my hand. Hell, I'll just uh, be a motor transport operator. Um once I got to basic training and I was like, hey, I'm supposed to be going to the wrestling team. It's like, okay, go to AIT. Uh, I got to AIT. He was like, yeah, you're going to Fort Riley, Kansas. I was like, no, hold on. <laughs> um, after that debacle, uh, I ended up going to Fort Riley and the recruiter didn't tell me I had to try out. So uh, it was in December of 02. So I ended up trying out on the wrestling team anyway. I placed, I went to Fort Carson. For the tryouts for all army, right? That's where they have the uh, what? What are they called? The center of excellence, yes, the world yeah. world class athlete. Mm -hmm. So I went there. Uh, I placed, and then OIF one started. Wow! So then they were like, "Hey, you're going to schedule to deploy. You got to go back because they it's almost like a football team. You have the actual starter and the uh, JV or varsity JV. So I was a uh, second person line, but uh, yeah, we were deploying. They had this guy. He wasn't going anywhere. He was pretty pretty good. Wow. So it's interesting. We haven't done that many podcast episodes, but this is the the second um, wrestler, high you know, high performance wrestler yeah. we've had on the show, uh, Colonel Hunter. I'm sure you've met him. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. So he, um, in that podcast, that's episode ten. He explained how he tried out for the all Air Force wrestling team when he was in the Air Force, and he yeah he described it as kind of a a grueling experience. Oh yeah. You know, competing oh, yeah. against all these other uh, and. So I used to think like, oh, man, I came from, I'm from California. And I was like, I was a league division champion. This is going to be a piece of cake. But now you're going against everybody in the nation that wants that same position. And um, from the training to uh, all the conditioning and hit your actual bout or your match to try and get to that place, it was, it was, it was a hard 45 days, hmm. extremely hard. And so did you ever get into like Army combatives and get so qualified? Th th this is where everything changed. So I end up after – um, I went back, went to OIF one, I came back and like, Hey, spot's still open. I was like, man, I'm not thinking about that. So then, you know, advanced like two or three years later, army combatives shows up and, um, I've actually, I'm level three. Um, I am a, I, I'm former coach cause I used to coach mm -hmm. or uh, train, um, at Fort Leonard when I was an instructor and I used to certify the drill sergeants and I teach the, um, chemical bullet, uh, classes, um, uh, combatives. And uh, out of 12 tournaments, I only placed one. And the, the final one that I won, I was like, no more. I'll just really? coach and train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those can give – I've, I've gone to a couple of those combatives tournaments. They can, I mean, extremely competitive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so level three of the combatives program, that's that's like a full month of – Yes. Training. So before I went to MCC and they um, took out level three and four, um, yeah, it was it's about a – about, yeah, just shy of 30 days. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, what, how did that? You'd already done the the army wrestling team before that. How did that compare physically? Um, normally, if you didn't know any type of like jujitsu, uh, karate, wrestler, um, you you were pretty much um, 
you were about to be in bad shape. Mm. Um, I, uh, majority of my opponents were tall, so they all they knew was boxing. But what can a boxer do from his back? So, yeah, <laughs> that's, I think that's what made it uh, beneficial for me because I'm taking straight to the ground and just work from there. Um, been rocked a couple times, but uh, nothing that nothing that uh, put me out. Uh, I I do believe in that type of tap early type often because if I feel something that's not supposed to bend or I feel like I'm out the blackout, I'm gonna go, hey, you got the match. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I have nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's that's interesting, and um, yeah, that that's. So is that something you still believe the uh, as many soldiers should go through combatives as they can? You think it's a good? I think for- I think they should uh, at least level one because uh, let's say you're downrange or anywhere else, the first time getting punched in the face shouldn't be combatives or in the, in front of an enemy, you know, a combatant or something like that. So um, I think they should uh, uh, reemphasize that back into basic training. Um, and, and hey, this is what this may feel like. So uh, they they need to experience that and not the first time they get hit is downrange or in an unfamiliar situation with a combatant and then that's the first time you get punched in the face and you're trying to worry about trying to get your composure because you got hit but you should not shake it off or uh defend yourself and it, there's people that, that have grown up have never been in a fight so uh, yeah i did uh i got certified level one um several years ago but it, there i remember there were like some efforts at basic like we, we went through like the first iteration of it maybe and but um, yeah, I know they've kind of toyed with that, having that be a certification at basic, but it's just probably a matter of getting enough qualified instructors. Yeah, there. yeah absolutely. Okay, well, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be back talking with Sergeant Willis about the Sergeant Audie Murphy Club. So stay with us right here on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. Hey, Team 19, this is Brigadier General Stephen Allen, Commanding General for the 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command. And I'm Command Sergeant Major Chad Peters, your new Command Sergeant Major at the 19th ESE. I want to challenge everyone to make sure your coworkers, friends, and family members are taking proper measures for summer in Korea. Soldiers are used to being told to drink water, but it's just as important for children, spouses, and our civilian teammates. Command Sergeant Major, before I forget, welcome to Team 19. Thank you, sir. As someone who has recently arrived to Korea, I'd like to emphasize how important it is for leaders across the peninsula to engage with their incoming and outgoing soldiers, family members, and civilians to make sure they meet the USFK guidelines for entry and exit. This includes a negative PCR test for COVID-19, no older than 72 hours. I also want to thank everyone in Area 4 who is part of Team 19 and makes Korea the assignment of choice. Team 19. Every Every soldier soldier counts. counts. And we're back on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. I'm joined today by Master Sergeant Harry B. Willis III. And we were just about to start talking about you're, you're wearing your uh, Audie Murphy Club uh, medallion right now. So, Sergeant, when did you first get in get into the Sergeant Audie Murphy Club? So I started, it was about a seven-month tenure from start to finish before I actually got inducted. So I started back in 2012. So I'm about a good nine-year veteran in the club. Um grueling experience uh it's probably the most uh com- not competitive board but most uh technically enhanced board i've ever been to um it's not for the faint of heart and it's really there to gauge you as an nco uh how well you take care of your soldiers a lot of people get the misconception of uh questioning and answering but it'll put you in some type of uh, unfamiliar um scenarios that you may find yourself and they just want to know how you would square soldier 
from point A to Z, not A to B, but A to Z, and uh, get that soldier to stay in the fight and grow, or you know, groom that soldier to uh, continue to fight. And so what got you initially interested in it? Was there another NCO who kind of uh, pointed you toward it? So I had a, um, I had two. Uh, believe it or not, Sergeant Major Hardy was a Sergeant First Class. I was a Staff Sergeant, and he was like, hey, you guys need to get into school. You need to do Sergeant Arnie Murphy. So I heard of it, but I didn't really dive into it. And then later on, uh, Command, Command Sergeant Major Moore he said, hey, you look like a good Audie Murphy candidate. And I was like, what does that look like? You know, so um, I thought about it. And then at the time I was a platoon sergeant. So I told my squad leader, hey, if I'm doing it, I'm going to challenge you to do it. And so we just started, uh, we started studying and you can't study any situations. So uh, more so all his, his biography, the medallion, the crest, uh, the history of the club, his medal honor citation, understand or try to get understanding of who this man really is. I mean, you had a whole club named after you. You're one person. And um, I was like, oh, my God, this is this is pretty, pretty intense. Well, let me look outside of what the normal study guide material says and uh, very meticulous, uh, intricate man. So and how do you think that's shaped your career since then being involved in the club? So it, it actually has shaped it uh, for the better, because before, you know, you come to work, you can always um, you don't have to be that non-commissioned officer who goes Audie Murphy. And all of a sudden you're done to the done superhero. Um, I think it's shaped to where, you know, people are going to. They're going to look at you in a different light. They're going to ask you certain questions. They're going to lean uh, for your technical expertise more. Uh, and for real, in a way, that kind of strokes your ego. Like, hey, hold on. You know, they're actually coming to you for information. And that, that, that to me, uh, speaks volumes to where you should walk, walk a certain way. You know, and not all people do that. But um, as an Audie Murphy member, uh, you, should be, uh, you're, you shouldn't be held to a different standard, but you should hold yourself to a higher standard and a different standard um, because that's what they're doing. They're looking at you for that advice, that technical aspect of any situation because you never know what situation you might find yourself. And so what's been some of the more rewarding parts of being in the club as you've gone through? Uh, I would say um, giving, giving back, feedback. Um, we have the BLC class, so I go to every BLC class and I'll talk about, I'll promote the club and uh, tell them to give them back. There's all kind of voluntary events, but this is just one more that you can add to. And then uh, as you volunteer, the reward is helping other people, honestly, because uh, – uh, some may say you joined Audie Murphy to get promoted. I told him when I got uh, when I got inducted into Audie Murphy, I didn't make my next rank for like another seven years. So that's that's a that's false. So uh, if you're going at it for the wrong reason, uh, it'll show. It'll show. Mm. Um, it has its benefits. A lot of people come to you for information. A lot of people um, take your advice. A lot of people uh, want you to host events. Uh, come talk to them. Come talk to their companies, their platoons, battalions about Audie Murphy. Um, I, I do the uh, ACFT. I um, certify people in the ACFT. I, they they want they want to know what you know. Mm-hmm. And so, when you PCS, you have do you have to go in front of the, another board at that local so, Audie n- Murphy club? No, no. Um, so once you get on ground, any Audie Murphy member, one of the first things they do when they're in process and they say, "Hey, where's the club?" or "Where's the president?" I got to introduce myself because you you uh, you pay your dues and you show you give them a copy of your um, membership card and. That's saying, hey, you had another active member here. Where do you need me to work? Or, you know, because normally they already have their own committee. But coming to Korea, um, there was a uh, there wasn't a good changeover. So the other committee had left. Um, I think Mass Arm McDowell was probably here. I, I met him probably like a week, and then they left out. But I, they were like, yeah, you already got nominated for the vice president. I was like, oh snaps, I didn't know that. 
So it was almost like we had to start over and just build it back up. But now we're uh, area four is bigger than area two. Oh, really? And they have more people. Yeah. Wow. So, um, when you go from installation to installation, normally you seek out the panel, the treasurer, and you get it started. So uh, you don't have to go through the selection board all over. Um, you ha- you do have those that uh, they get selected, and you know they just got selected. Hmm. So, and you mentioned volunteer opportunities. What have been some of the volunteer events you've done um, um, around here? Around here, um, very minimal because of the mission that's out here. But um, normally it's piggyback and we did a lot with uh, major wilkins he's over there in uh, the dmc yeah, and yeah. um the derby i've never seen that before hmm. so that was pretty uh i, I enjoyed oh, the it. Uh, pinewood derby the pinewood derby right. yeah so that was the that was one such one we did um there was a sharp run that we were supposed to do um but it was nixed for whatever reason but we were gonna uh, post banners put, hand out fruit and water but uh that got postponed and then they had um another festival that was po- happened this past spring uh but booth ran out so uh, you also, in order to uh, volunteer or have a booth, you have to submit paperwork. And depending on uh, the participants within the club will determine if you get actually get a booth because you don't want to uh, commit to something and then you don't have the people to man it. So um, as big as this club is, it's, it's, it's sometimes disheartening that you have so many members but not enough participants that actually come out. And I understand we all have jobs, but – uh, that's part of actually being um, an Audie Murphy member. You got to put that best foot forward. You have your you have your job you do every day, but you know you volunteer. You that's what we do. And it's got to be difficult in the COVID environment too. It's a oh you know. absolutely, absolutely, and that that uh, was one of the main reasons that a lot of the events got shut down because we go from Charlie to Bravo to Bravo to Charlie, um, and then we're in Bravo now. But just take the Busan incident, and then they start. Uh, putting the putting the hammer down and say, hey, no, you can't do this unless you have this, 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 this in order. So uh, that shut down some of the events as well. Now, when, while we're recording this, this is right before um, you're going to have your uh, Audie Murphy Club board and the, the events for that. But um, when it's when people are listening to it, you would have already had that. So um, could you give me a preview of like what, what the requirements are for these um, so, candidates? So, uh, each installation is different. Um, when I was in uh, D.C., that was a one-day board because you had four installations comprising the one club, and that was pretty uh, difficult. Uh, when I was at Lernerwood, we had a several-day board. When I got in, uh, inducted in uh, Fort Riley, it was a several-day board. So um, when I say several days, I mean three days. So here um, we collectively um, – um, excuse me. So our first-class banks, myself, Massar and Bacchus, Massar and Reddick, and uh, Staff Sergeant McGee all brought our own – uh, creative niche to the club here and came up with the events uh, two days. So um, knowing that the ACFT is about to take off, right, they keep going through the planning phase. Hey, once it takes off, well, that's, that's the first event you're going to do. So uh, you're actually going to talk the ACFT, give us our, give us the um, go criteria, what terminates you, if, if there's any termination at all. Uh, and you're actually going to lay out the whole entire um, schematics of the ACFT, uh, at least two of the graders, including myself, have have to be uh, certified in the ACFT. So um, I bring my cert- certificates with me. I went to the schoolhouse at Jackson. And then um, as they explain everything, they're going to turn around and they're going to take it. Mm. So you explain it. You lay everything out. You just laid out your own ACFT. Now you're going to take it. Wow. Um, after you take it, uh, you're complete with the run. Uh, you actually, we break you, uh, give you your next hard time of 08. You're going to go. You're going to shower. You're going to change. And you're going to show back up in full kit. So full battle rattle, you're going to have five stations, and you're going to go ahead and talk about uh, rifle marksmanship, uh, first aid, NBC, grenades, 
and map reading. And there's a there's task on there. You don't know the task. You'll know the task once you uh, walk up. Um, and, and that's to say, that's to see if you are 30, 40, 50 level uh, uh, person because you can sergeant through master sergeant can be can be inducted. And you're a trainer of troops. Do you still remember that 10 level task? Mm. Right. Some people get up to that rank and, hey, I, I came to Army as a master sergeant, so I know everything. Well, let's do you remember this? So, I mean, I makes sure you go back and uh, humble yourself because I don't know when the last time I threw a grenade. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get uh, we give them those tasks. They know the task. They just don't know what task they're going to be asked with the grenade. So let them dive into that uh, a little bit, and then um, after that we break them for lunch, depending on how long it takes. Uh, break them for lunch, and then after that you go to the EST. Because it's the EST and not the actual range, because it's uh it's uh, the whatever range is uh, shut down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally it's expert, but for here we just want you to qualify because it's the EST um, technical difficulties. So it's like okay, there's a little learning curve there so as long as you qualify that's 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 good enough and then um you break for the day and your next hard time is zero six ready to go in your asus and uh your sponsor comes in with you so your sponsor's with you the whole entire time and they're either uh audie murphy member or your first sergeant because there are units with no audie murphy members in there and as long as your first sergeant's with you then you're good to go but the final selection board which would so thursday is the first day one and then day two is friday and you show up zero six and you do about 150 question test has to do with Audie Murphy, anything Audie Murphy. So um, I challenge anybody, once you learn the, the actual study material we give you, learn everything outside of it because there's questions on there that talk about his wife, his children, mm. his wives, excuse me, his children. And um, you have to know that, right? Uh, I can I can pick anything out the bio and say, hey, you're good to go or give me some out of the um, such and such songs. How many did he write or mm. his movies? How many did he star in? So um, a lot of them have to get out that comfort zone of, okay, only my study material is what they're going to ask me. Uh, once it, we'll grade it right there on the spot too. Um, and then we got essay questions and essay questions can be anywhere from, uh, army values, you as a leader and future. What is your job? How are you promoting uh, uh, leadership, army values, and just a good three to four paragraphs. You got an hour and about an hour and 30 minutes to do that. So, uh, last, our last induction, we had, uh, we had two go through and, uh, one didn't make it, one did, but they, they did fairly well. And after that, we break you for about a good 30 minutes. We go talk to the, uh, board members and then talk to the candidate. That's, that's all before the board. That's too. yes. Yes. That's all the morning of, and then the board normally goes hot around zero nine and that board can last, um, it all depends on the candidate. Mm. And I explained uh, when I talked to the BLC class, I said, well, show me a raise, of, uh, give me a raise of hands. How many of you guys have been in, were in your promotion board? 45 minutes, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, right? And then I'll say, well, in this board, you're probably going to be over there about an hour and 30 mm. at a minimum. And it's generally a dialogue. If I, I honestly say, if you make it to the division board, it's a dialogue, right? I want to know you as an NCO. And I explained to them too, hey, about three minutes in, I, I can kind of gauge you as an NCO. Because you get those that uh, you give them the question, you give them the scenario, and they'll start asking questions like, did you say this? Or I explain the scenario uh, to me again, and I explain that to them as well. When they give you the scenario, it's going to be a bunch of checkpoints inside that um, inside those questions. And a lot of people get overwhelmed because they see the uh, MOI, and you see just like a promotion board, you got like 20 different topics, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, my God, we're going to have a scenario for all of these. And in some cases, you may only get to three topics, and they just feed into one another. 
And all they do is the rabbit hole effect to see if you're going to trip up, if you're going to change your answer, mm. but are you scoring away that soldier or you just switched your mindset to let me give you this, this uh, army regulation? No, what are you going to do? And I, I also preach that in the army, in situations you've been in, 80% of what you've been actually been in, 20% is regulatory guidance. Because you start reacting. You don't pull out a book and say, let me find AR, yada, yada, yada. No, you start reacting to what that soldier needs. And then you go back and you, you start uh, filtering in those ARs, FMs, the regulations and guidelines. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, it's it's a huge commitment, you know, just for the pre- preparation for that. Absolutely. And then, so um, I know you said you have a candidate this time that this is their second time through. So yes, it is. So um, Staff Sergeant Alex, kudos to you. And um, uh, she came up short. She came up short by 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 merely two points. And it's uh, it's a point system, but it has to be unanimously yes across the board. Unfortunately, a, a board member didn't feel that she exuded that as Audie Murphy, but it's more to me important and shows her fortitude for coming back. Mm. Uh, she had a couple hurdles and um, some leave in between, but she she's back. Like she, uh, we have our study halls every Tuesdays, Thursdays. 13 to, or excuse me, 12 to 1300. And she still hasn't missed a beat. Hmm. So that shows the drive. Um, I sat on uh, her board. So I was her sponsor in December, her and uh, Mass on rights. And I sat on her board, her brigade board uh, about three weeks ago. Phenomenal. Hmm. And not only did she uh, show a better side, she actually upticked her volume, her confidence. And I was like that, just, just keep elevating off, keep growing off of that. So um, I don't, I have not a shadow of doubt she should make it. And so if anyone's interested in um, going through that process, they should talk with their first sergeant or with their unit, Sergeant Arnie Murphy Club representative. So anywhere in Area 4, um, Camp Carroll, if you go into the food court, we have our board up. We have the point of contacts, our emails, phone numbers, uh, Camp uh, Walker. We have it in the um, social support center, third floor. Everybody sees it because you got to go in process. You have to go get your uh, briefing, CTO, all that stuff. And our same information is there. Uh, down here in headquarters and in the DMC. So we're everywhere. Uh, a lot of people walk like, where do I know you from? I'm mm-hmm. like, you probably saw me on the board <laughs> somewhere. What's going on? And um, very approachable. And uh, if they want to uh, get any information, they all, we have a Facebook, Area 4, um, Sergeant, Sergeant, Sergeant Audie Murphy Chapter. Um, we're on Facebook. So all you have to do is Area 4, Sam C, and we pop up. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. And uh, we we forgot to ma- I forgot to mention earlier. You work at the DMC across the street Roger. from uh, the headquarters here. Now, there's a lot of acronyms that get thrown around around here. That that was one I hadn't heard before I got to Korea. So, what can you tell me? A, what does it stand for, and what's what's the basic mission over there? So, um, the DMC. I'm just like you. I've never heard of the DMC, and they're like, "Hey, you're gonna go to the DMC?" I said, "I've never heard of that distribution management center." And when you hear distribution, you're like. Oh, logistics, got it. Um, and with inside the distribution management center, uh, you have about nine different shops in there. So if you take the division, that's just a high-speed G4, right? So it's the SPO, essentially. Uh, but you have your munitions, you have your trans branch, which is TOBE. That's where I work at, transportation operations branch. Um, you have your maintenance. And within maintenance itself, you have like four different sub shops. Uh, which would be fuel and water, MMB, um, supply and service, supply and field services. Uh, you have LTT for the low, um, host nation, um, OCS. So they all have their own different acronyms. And we're basically a small, I'd say, SPO. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're essentially a SPO, and we handle everything within the area four and south, but also the peninsula. Uh, a lot of stuff we augmented with uh, 8th Army. Uh, 25th MCB, 
2609th or 2602nd, something like that. But it's a um, soft uh, community for uh, Korean side and then uh, 837th SDDC down in uh, Busan. So we touch, we all intertwine with each other. We all work together in some fashion. Um, like I work in Tobe, uh, transportation operations branch. I, I deal with all sea, land, air, and ground operations in the pen and just supervise all our rotational assets. So uh, the support is support operations for everybody. So uh, a lot of times is they're like, hey, let's tag, tag, uh, tag the DMC, tag the DMC. And uh, rightfully so, because that's our job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people, uh, some leaders may think they get it, it's overwhelming, but uh, really it's, it's our job. I mean, we should be used to it, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I want to thank you again, uh, Master and Willis, for, for joining us here today. Oh. Um, again, um, touching on a lot of good subjects. Maybe we'll get one more wrestler in here. Right, <laughs> well, we're about to set up a match. Right. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, if you haven't subscribed yet to the Every Soldier Counts podcast on your podcast app, please do so. And don't forget to follow us at Facebook at 19th, ES, 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command. Until next time, we'll talk to you next time on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me.